I'm a child playing hide-and-seek, waiting for someone to find me and call me by name and say, you're it. You did it, Lord. You found me hiding in the silliest, saddest places, behind old grudges, under tons of disappointments, tangled up in guilt, smothered with successes, choking on sobs that nobody hears. You found me, and you whispered my name and said, you're it, and I believe you mean it. And now maybe the silent tears can roll down my cheeks, moans from my throat, and now maybe I don't have to play hide-and-seek anymore. Robert Raines wrote those words. We're familiar with the idea of being chosen. Most of us have probably even played hide-and-seek, familiar with that idea as we look at it and as we understand. The passage that I want us to look at this morning in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, talks about that idea of being chosen. And it, it teaches us that salvation is all about God and not about us and what God has done for us. You see, God desired for our salvation even before the time of the world began. And Christ fulfilled it in history when he died upon the cross. And the Holy Spirit brings it to fruition in our lives as he brings conviction to our lives that we might repent and accept Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. We've been chosen by God to be his very children and the things that he wants us to do. Listen to the words that, as Paul writes them in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, as you stand with me and honor the reading of God's word as we have the opportunity just to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us through Paul. The words beginning in verse 4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we examine these words, precious words, words that for many of us are beyond even the ability to comprehend in the, in the depth and the wonder of what they mean and the understanding that's there. But Father, I pray if we don't understand or hear or gain any other thing this morning, we'll just be reminded without a question that you so loved us that you chose us. You picked us out and called us by name and offered to us the invitation to come, to be forgiven of our sins, to enter into a relationship with you that was forever and ever. And we thank you for that, God, that you would care enough about us to do that. We understand that we didn't choose you, but you chose us. We didn't line up all the gods and try to figure out which one was the best. We couldn't do that, for the Bible teaches us, first and foremost, that no one can come unto you except that the Father draws them. We don't get to pick the day of our salvation. We don't get to pick the way that we turn and away from our sin and experience forgiveness. We do that at the invitation of God. We do that at the invitation of love. We do that at the invitation of grace. And Father, this morning, I just pray that you would just overwhelm us with who we are in you and, and what you have done for us and the significance of it. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, as I said, we've, we've probably been in those times in our lives where maybe we were going to divide up into teams and, and uh, play some kind of sport, maybe baseball or whatever, and everybody's lined up and they pick out two captains. Uh, usually one of the captains will be the best player that's around and they'll pick that person obviously to be the captain. Sometimes the other one will be a bully because everybody's afraid of him, and so they're going to give him the chance to be the captain on the other team. And everybody's there waiting anxiously who's, when they're going to call their name. And we know how they do it. They call those who they think are the better players first. They get picked them out. And there's always some of us who are at the very end of the line, the ones that we wonder if we'll even get called at all, but we know we're going to be the last one called if we do get called because they base it on one's ability. And one's, but God tells us 
that his choice has nothing to do with you and nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with our ability, has nothing to do with our talents, has nothing to do with our merit, has nothing to do with our history, has nothing to do with our family. It has nothing to do except with God's grace that God picked us out, chose us, and called us by name in order that we might be able to experience his grace and all that's going on. And so I want us to try to understand that these verses that I read this morning, there's some big words in them, the election, predestination, adoption, all those kind of things, things that confuse us sometimes and cause us to wonder about what they mean and people like to give meaning to them on their own ideas and what they deal with. But let's just try to let the Holy Spirit be our guide and our teacher this morning as we try to gain the information about what's going on here and what we're dealing with. Election is a great word that the Bible gives us about God's choice of his people, choosing us to be loved by him, to be, respond to him and be a part of it. Ironside, a great theologian, said that that's something for the family. It's not something that you can t- discuss and talk with about with people who don't know Jesus Christ, who've never come to an understanding of who he is and what it means in their lives. It, it's something that, that God loves to just whisper into the ears of his children. I picked you. I chose you. I called you by name. And you need to hear that this morning. If you truly have ever responded to the grace of God, if you've allowed God to touch your heart and to, be, to make you aware of his great love for you, if you've responded to his love by faith and received his grace and acknowledged him as Lord and Savior of your life, then you understand that God has chosen to call you by name and invite you to be his very child, to be a part of what is going on. It's been sp- explained something like this. All There's a mass group of people traveling down the broad road. You'll remember the Bible talks to us about a broad way and a narrow way. And that the broad way, there's people going. And we know the end of it. The Bible says it ends in destruction. Everybody that's on that road go, is headed toward destruction. And it's, that's the only outcome that can come. But along the way, there's someone there calling to them, come, get off of that road, come. I invite you to come to God. I invite you to come to grace. I invite you to come to forgiveness. I invite you to be a part of the family of God. And people, as they're going down, they point to a way, a narrow way, a doorway that takes them through a gate, through a way into the narrow way. And as people are going along and walking along that pathway to destruction, they hear this invitation, come, whosoever will may come. It's open to anyone and to everyone. It's not someone you see. The Bible never teaches, even though we like to put it on the Bible, the Bible never teaches that God selects some people to go to hell and some people to go to heaven. That's absolutely false. It's not found anywhere in Scripture. The Bible tells us very clearly, whosoever will may come. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, the very last invitation of the Bible, talks about the fact anyone who is a thirst, let him come and drink of the water of life freely as they would come. It's open to everyone. But as they're going along, maybe they look at that invitation, they hear that invitation, they see that open door, and they say, you know, I might not be one of the elect, but I, there's no reason for me to go. And so they just keep on going down that road to destruction. They keep on doing what they want to do, going on their own plan, their own path, the way that they're going, following whatever religion, whatever cult, whatever philosophy they may have that they think will be sufficient, but they just keep going. And they'll never be able to stand before God in judgment and say, I didn't have a chance. It wasn't my opportunity. They'll never be able to blame anyone for them, but themselves for not going because they didn't choose to accept the invitation. God invited. God said, you're welcome to come. I invite everyone to come. Anyone who will may come. And we can come to Christ Jesus. No one will be left out. His arms are not too short to, to, to be able to save and to be a part of what's going on. God loves you. And God died for you in Jesus Christ. And God wants you to come to know him. And so he has invited us and he continues to invite us. The invitation is open to come. 
And, but people keep going by and keep going by without responding to Christ, choosing their own way, going to their own destruction. And as I said, anyone who stands before God in the final day in judgment and they did not receive the invitation has no one to blame but themselves. When they end up in hell for all eternity, they cannot do anything but point their finger at themselves and say, I did this. I chose this. I wanted this. I determined that I'd rather be in hell than be in heaven with God forever and ever. And I made the decision to ignore his invitation and to not be a part of what was going on. But sometimes, as people are traveling down that road, someone hears that invitation. Whosoever will may come. Come to life. Come. Enter into this way. Enter into the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has provided for you and being a part of it. And someone says, what is that that you say? Come. Come into the here, receive Christ, and receive all that he has to offer. Oh, I'd love to have that life. I'd love to have that forgiveness. I'd love to know beyond any question in my life that I was saved, that I was forgiven, that my sins had been removed, that all was a part of that. I'd love to have that. Please, enter in. They enter in. They open that door, and they walk into that narrow way that's there, that way that leads to life everlasting. And as they walk in, the door closes behind them. And as it closes, they turn. And as they turn, they look above the door, and it says elected, chosen. One of those whom God... See, everyone who enters in is welcome. Everyone who enters in is the elect. Everyone who enters in are the chosen of God, who God loved and being part of. And all of us could be there. Everyone could be there. No one has to perish. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, that means anyone, everyone, all people, no one is without excuse. No one can ever say, I missed heaven because I didn't have a chance. No, everybody has a chance. God receives everyone who comes, no matter who they are. And folks, you and I need to understand that. You and I pick out people and say, this person deserves it and that person doesn't deserve it. We like to put things on people. God does not do that. You cannot ever put a finger toward God and say, it's your fault that I didn't come to know God. It's your fault that I didn't come to grace. No, God gave everything that he had in Jesus Christ and he invited all of us, come, come, come. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is light and it's easy. Come, know of me. The invitation is open. And everyone who walks through that door finds out, I'm chosen of God. I'm one of the elect of God. Because all of us have been picked by God, known by God, to be able to receive Him and be a part of what's going on. See, election is that which is about coming to know Christ, coming to be a part of it. It's about relationship with God and who He is and what He has done for us in Christ Jesus. It's about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, bringing conviction of our sin and reminding us that we need a Savior and helping us to realize that God has provided that Savior in Jesus Christ. And we have all that we need if we'll just say yes, if we'll just respond to who He is and take what He has. But then we come to that big word, predestination. And that's the word that everybody likes to point at God and say, well, God predestined some people to do this and predestined some people to do that. And some are going to go to hell and some are going to go to heaven. And there's nothing we can do about it. That's a lie of Satan. It's never a scriptural word. The predestination of the scripture is about God's people. You and I are predestined to be like Christ. That's what it's talking about. We have a destiny in our lives. When we come to know Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives to help us become more and more like Jesus, to become more and more like the character and nature as God takes over our life and He begins pushing out those old ways. Behold, everyone who is in Christ is a brand new creation. All the old things are being passed away and everything is becoming new. That's what God is doing in your life and in my life. Predestination, according to Romans 8, 28, 29 and 30 is that we would be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the character, to the nature of who he is. See, predestination is a family term. 
doesn't involve you if you are not a part of the family. It means nothing if you haven't come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you come to know Jesus Christ, it's a great, great, amazing word because it says you have a purpose. You have, God has a plan for your life. God has something that he wants to accomplish in you and through you and by you. And he is loving you and he's working in your life to help you become all that you need to become and all that he desires for you to become as he gives you the power through the living presence of the Holy Spirit of God. We are predestined to be like Christ. Predestined to be what God wants us to be and being a part of what's going on. That's for God's people. That's for God's children. I have a choice. I can be saved or I can be lost. Nobody can make that decision for me. No one can choose my salvation for me. No one can force me into my salvation. No one can force me to stay lost. No one can force me to stay condemned. I have the right to choose whichever one I want. But it's my choice, and I need to understand that. God doesn't determine my condemnation, it's already been set in motion. Those who refuse Jesus Christ are condemned already. That's what John 3, 18 says. If you believe in Christ, he gave his son for you, you have life everlasting. But for those who choose to not believe in Jesus Christ, they are condemned already. They already live in that condemnation. It's already the choice of their life. And they are walking down a pathway to destruction. And that's the only end that it can have. It's not going to change at the end and say, oh, we're just kidding. Everybody gets to go to heaven. That's not true. Everybody doesn't get to go to heaven. Not even everybody that thinks they're going to heaven is going to heaven. Because if they don't have a right relationship with Jesus Christ, if they haven't genuinely turned their hearts and their lives over to him, they're not going. They're only going through faith in Christ. Through the acceptance of the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way it's going to happen. And so we need to understand that. But then it gives us another great word. Not only have we been elected by the love of God chosen by God himself to be redeemed and, and to experience life and all that it has, not only as Christians, as believers in Christ, as members of the family of God, are we, do we have a destiny, do we have a plan for our lives, a purpose for our being in all that we are, but the scripture says we are adopted according to the will of God, that God has adopted us. And that's a, that's a great word. It's, it's a legal term. See, when we're, it, what it means it for us is that we, we are brought into the family of God as adult children. That means we have all the rights and privileges of being a part of the family. As a little child, when, when the little child is adopted, they still have to have people who watch over them, teach them, help them, do all the things. They don't have authority over their life. They don't have the ability to receive everything that's there. They have to be under instruction, under teaching, under guiding until they reach a certain age. And then when they reach an age of being an adult, they have all the privileges of what that contains and all that that means. But when you and I, as God's children, are adopted, when we're brought into his family, it means that we are brought in already as adult children so that we have all the blessings of heaven. We have all that God has. We're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We have everything that God desires for us to have is available to us through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. We are adult children. We are, are the heirs of God because of his choosing us and bringing us into his family. It's a great word. It's a great understanding. I don't have to wait. When I become a Christian, I don't have to wait 20 years, 30 years, 40 years until I get mature and learn how to live and do the right kind of things because, folks, that never happens. None of us ever get mature enough None of us ever learn all we need to learn. None of us ever get to the point where we don't still need instructions from God and the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the encouragement of one another. But what we do get is the presence of the living Lord in our lives 
who teaches us and guides us and helps us to experience the fullness of all that he has for us and what's going on. Paul is overwhelmed with what he talks about. He, he comes here as he began, as we talked a little bit about last week, as we get a look at this. Some people have called this the longest sentence in all the Bible as he just gets caught up in talking about God and Christ and what God has done. He talks about all the spiritual blessings that we have. Remember, they were all those blessings that were stored for us in heaven in the spiritual realms, all these blessings that are ours because we are the children of God. We've been elected by God. You've been chosen by name. You are a child of God. If you've trusted him as Christ Jesus, if you've put your faith in him, he chose you, he put you, you're one of the elect. And as the elect, you are predestined to become more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine being more loving, being more kind, being more forgiving, being more patient, being more hopeful, being more joyful, being more full of all that God is because he's working in your life and my life and helping us to be all that God wants us to be and the fullness of it is. And not only that, but as he's predestined us to be like his son, Jesus Christ, just so that we know we have the power, just so that we know we have the ability, just so that we know we have everything that we need to have in order that we can be all that God wants us to be. He adopts us into his family and bestows upon us all the full rights of childhood, of adulthood, of being an heir of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who we are, folks. Can you imagine why Paul was excited? I can't. I, I, he can't stop here. I wish I didn't have to stop here, but we don't have as much time as Paul did. And so we got to keep, I have to stop and pause, and you'll just have to wait and come back next week to see if he's still excited or not. But we're going to, it's just amazing what God did in your life and in my life as we came to know Christ as Lord and Savior. He just keeps working. He just keeps being full of the joy of the Lord and what's going on. And he just, he's just sharing with this church. Remember, Ephesians is a, is a letter to the church. It's a letter to those of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's a letter to each of us personally that we would understand. And, and if he could write this letter, if we could look at it and see, the letter would say, instead of to the Ephesians, you could put your name there and say, dear whoever you are, it, and it, all these words would be applied to you personally. Because that's what God intends, that we who are his children would be amazed and overwhelmed by the love that he has for us and be encouraged and strengthened by the reality that he has a plan and a purpose for our lives and have the strength to believe by faith that we'll be able to be and do whatever it is God called us to do and be because he has given us that ability when he made us his very children and put him, each of us, himself, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You and I, if we know the Lord Jesus Christ, have been elected into the love of God. We are the chosen. And anyone who will, anyone may come. Having come, we are predestined to become more and more like Jesus Christ. What a goal, what a wonderful purpose in life. And in order for us to do that, we have the assurance, the confidence, the security that we are his children. And we have all the power and all the access that we need to everything God is and everything God can do. He bestows upon us all spiritual blessings. Chosen, predestined, adopted and it just keeps getting better come back next week for part three god is working in our lives and wants to do so so very much 
if you've never trusted Christ, if you're still on that broad road, if you still believe there's some philosophy out there that'll make a difference, or there's, it doesn't matter what religion you have or what choices you make, it's all going to end in the same way. If you're still letting yourself be deceived by Satan and believing that you're going to earn your way to heaven by being in church or doing the right kind of things, being moral or whatever it may be, the things that you may be holding on to, folks, open up your mind and open up your heart. And let the Holy Spirit remove the blinders that Satan has put over your eyes and see the truth. Jesus Christ died on the cross. Only he can bring salvation. There is no other name given among men by which we can be saved except that of Jesus Christ. No one can come to the Father except they come through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You need to get off of that broad road of destruction you need to enter into the gate, the door of eternity, of life everlasting, of abundance. And anyone who will can come to the Lord. If you've never done that, you need to do that today. It's not something you need to put off. Think about for another time. It's something you need to do today. You need to get off of that road to destruction. Because if you die while you're on that road... It's eternal condemnation with no changes and no hope. But if you step off of that road into life through Christ, it's everlasting life. It's eternity in heaven. It's the presence of God always and eternally. That's what God desires for all of us. The scripture says that God wishes that none would perish, but that all would come to everlasting life. If you've never done that, you need to do that, and you need to do it now. If you've done that and you know that you're a child of the living God, you know that you're a Christian, that I've trusted him as Lord and Savior of my life, I put my faith in him and him alone, then you need to just let the Holy Spirit teach you this morning and remind you and encourage you and strengthen you that God picked you by name, he called you and he loves you and he's set you aside with a purpose and a plan for your life and you're adopted, you're one of his and nothing can ever change that reality. We need to understand that as a truth and claim it as the people of God. I don't know where you stand. Only you know that. But I pray that you stand in right stead with God, that you have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, and that you know this morning that I'm one of the chosen. I heard him call my name, and I said yes. And I stepped into eternity with him. I'm predestined. I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have a goal in life because God is using me, working in me to be all that he wants me to be. And I have been adopted. I have all the access of heaven to do and be what God's called me to be. What great news.